you are a part of, as you saw, the family service. The kids are heading back up to their class. Again, we want to draw your attention to all the decorations, both up here and into um, uh, our foyer. Um, Brett and a team specifically. I get to love on one of my sons, Ethan uh, Harris, was here most nights. Jasmine was here most nights. They were just decorating. Every night he'd roll in about 1130 going, it's getting crazier. And I'm like, okay. So, uh, but again, I love, again, the gift of, of art and the gift of talent. And uh, you get to see that. The train is up this year that has to do with Mexico. You can actually build a gingerbread house and, and then add to that. And then um, there's ways to do that. We'll focus more on that next week. But just so much that we want to just bring into this season. Um, I am glad that you are here for uh, this series. We started last week. We're going to jump into that a little bit today and um, kind of go through uh, the Christmas season. We do know this is really Thanksgiving weekend. A lot of our people are traveling back today from families and being with people. We understand that. Um, but again, that's just how the calendar fell this year. It was just kind of those weird things that happened. And so uh, we start off and yet we're excited to be a part of uh, this time. If you have the Uversion app, we encourage you to get that. If you go to the bottom, find events, Cedars Church should pop up and you'll find all the verses are already there, plus some announcements that are part of that. We have a series that we're doing called Come Let Us Adore Him. I want to thank the praise team for singing that song. This idea that, that we come to adore the one that was born, uh, that was to give us light and to give us life. Last week, we uh, opened up the door that when the the night that Christ was born, probably the star was there, and that started the journey that would have brought the wise man to Jesus two years when he was two years old. And we walked through this idea of that we have, again, the, our eyes open to come toward Jesus. Today, we're going to be looking mainly um, at this experience that happens around the shepherds. Before we get there, I want to tell you how my brain works. I'm sorry you get to look into my head. See, the thing is, is that um, a lot of things were said about the coming of the Messiah. Matter of fact, throughout Scripture, throughout prophecy. And I, in my mind, uh, there is a verse that kind of helps me get there. that says that angels long to look into these things, meaning the angels didn't get the playbook before it happened. So as things are happening, they're kind of like, wow, look at what's going on. So when Gabriel goes to Mary and says, Mary, you're the chosen one and you will be the one that brings in my child, the problem is, is that she's in Nazareth. Um, the scriptures, one of the scriptures, matter of fact, let's read it uh, here. This is uh, Matthew 2, 5 through 6. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler. Hold on, we're going to do this real quick. There we go. Come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So I imagine, I'm sorry, this is how my brain works, an angel with a clipboard. Kind of fact-checking. Okay, God, um, we got a problem. You didn't choose a girl in Bethlehem. You chose a girl in Nazareth. And God goes, yeah, I know. Uh, she's in the lineage of David. Yeah, but she's, in, watch this, but she's in Nazareth. I know. And then I believe this is how this goes. In Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So God... And his wisdom, I believe, 
pokes mentally Caesar Augustus on the shoulder, and all of a sudden Caesar Augustus had this really incredible idea. I believe planted by God. Hey, everybody should go to where they were from, their lineage, to be registered. And God goes, problem solved. And the reason why that matters to me is that we have a God that, by the way, can move kings and kingdoms to bring about his purposes. And so the reality is, is that this, I believe, Caesar Augustus just thought he had a great idea over breakfast. Not realizing that God is going to, listen, move not just one person to Bethlehem. He makes everybody move to be registered to bring his son to where, by the way, he said he would be born. And so in this process, we have a God who goes, listen, nothing is beyond this for me. If I want my son born in Bethlehem, now, now I want to say something to you. In this story, you hear that uh, Mary is more than willing. God, whatever you want to do will happen. She goes and visits Elizabeth, finds out that John is being born. She goes back home. And I just imagine when the decree went out and Joseph and Mary are looking at each other and he goes, uh, I'm not from around here. We need to go to Bethlehem. And she's like, uh, I'm pregnant. I want you to know those are the practical relationships, you know, that happen in relation. Those are the conversations, right? And he's like, yeah, we got to go. And at that moment, I think a whole lot of things for Mary started falling apart. She doesn't get to have her child in the presence of her family with her mom there to help and those who know her. She's going to get put on a donkey and heading down to Bethlehem. Now, the problem is, is that... Um, there wasn't, as Laura just said, there wasn't Google, and that means there wasn't Travelocity, right? There isn't booking rooms ahead. Now, the reality of it is, is I think Joseph being Joseph probably went, I'm, that's where my family is from. Someone will put us up. Someone? Sure, I'm sure someone will take care of us. Yeah, let's go into this. Let's go to verse, uh, where we go. And all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Watch this, because there was no place for them in the inn. When he got there, and there was no place, there was no family member that were going to put him in a room, there was no group that was going to do this, they go looking around saying, hey, uh, is there a place? She is, as I love that, heavy with child. At times, come, at times for her to give birth, and they end up in a barn. They end up in a barn. I'm just telling you, this is the first thought where I wonder if Mary and Joseph thought they were blowing it as the parents of God's child. This is probably not how they saw this happening for nine months. What they didn't know is their God had orchestrated this. To bring Jesus to the place that the, that the, the prophet Micah said, no, in Bethlehem is where he'll be born. And I'm just telling you, 
in a lowly manger? Really? Wrapped in whatever claws they could find? This is not the first step they probably wanted for their child. And yet this is where they find themselves. And here's what's interesting. And God is pleased. And God is pleased. There's something about the birth of Jesus. There's something about him in this lowly place that connects to so many people. He wasn't born in a, uh, castle, in a palace. He wasn't put in a place of high up. He was in this place where really hardly anybody noticed. It is an amazing thing. When I was a youth pastor, our uh, town held something low, uh, that was run by another church um, called Bethlehem Marketplace. And this church, I kid you not, uh, every year, three months to build the sets for Bethlehem Marketplace. Thousands upon thousands would come through this. Again, the whole church, they had live animals. uh, They built the city of Bethlehem. You could walk through all of the elements. You walked all the way into their basement, and that's where you would come to the baby Jesus. And literally thousands upon thousands would come from all over to go through this experience. And they did such a good job. And they actually, when you went there, would actually make you change clothes. You would put on robes and they would give you temple taxes so that you could get past the Roman guards. Now here's the hard part. All of the Roman guards were friends of mine and other youth pastors. So when my group came through, my group got abused because of me. Does that make sense? I got shoved up against the wall. People were grabbing because they got to be Roman soldiers. Does that make sense? There were people that got added to our group last minute who had no idea what was going on. I'm just getting abused, shoved, pushed. And they're like, wow, this is getting really serious. They picked the wrong group. Anyway, but in that experience is that you got this feel, again, that there's this tax to be done. There's these Romans that are there. By the Romans would have been there counting people, making sure all the taxes were done. It would have been a zoo. And they had a zoo. They had camels. They had everything. And then here comes this couple that's just trying to find their way. No one's noticing. No one. And so in this, this young girl does the best she can and puts her newborn baby in a feed trough. Now, that gets us to this moment. And in the same region. Okay, so here's Bethlehem. Uh, by the way, the city of Jerusalem is north. Uh, Bethlehem is more south. They're actually very close to each other in proximity. It's not that far to get there. And, and, and what that means is in the same region, which means just outside... This is what's happening. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, here's what's interesting. In the culture, um, shepherds were very much needed, but they were not very revered. Um, Shepherds mainly were the job that were given to people that really couldn't find any other work. No one wanted to stay up all night and watch sheep. Does that all make sense? It's not the best thing in the world. Your job is to protect dumb sheep from themselves. And for those things that want to eat them. That's your job. And they would probably, uh, you know, kind of bed down at night. But, but the fact is, you got to keep a watch, all right? You're from two to four. You're, you, know, you know the concept, right? And then what happens is, is that something blows their mind. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Okay? Stars at night. Bam! The glory of the Lord. You would have been afraid to. They don't know what's happening. And all of a sudden, there's this guy, angel, shows up and says this, and said to them, fear not. Which is easy for the angel to say, because he's not them. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For all the people. Not just some, not just the Jews, for all the people. Now watch what happens here. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those on whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made what? Known to us. And they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made it known. They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. So here's what we have. I love that the angels give them some clues. So let's look. For unto you born this day in the city of David. Okay? There's a clue. It's in that city right there because you're in the region. Born in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. Now, I remember last week I told you that they were looking for the Christ. They were looking for the Messiah. Everyone wanted that to come. And everyone had an idea of what the Christ would do when they came. He would come and set them free and give them hope and be the one that would teach them the ways of God. They all knew this. By the way, even shepherds would have been taught this. It was a responsibility that everyone would have known this. For unto you is born to stay in the city of David. Okay, here's our first clue. City of David. Got it. Next clue. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now, here's what's interesting. They're going, wait a minute. I know what a manger is, and the sign is we're going to find a baby laying in a feed trough. Now, here's where it becomes interesting. Verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Listen to me. At some point, one of them said, come on, let's go see. They got two clues. City of David, baby, baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's their two clues. And when the angels who had sang this song and given them this message went up into heaven, one of them said, come on, let's go. We need to go see this. They didn't come to us and tell us that for us to stay here with the sheep. Let me say that to you again. They did not come and tell us that for us to stay with the sheep. Our responsibility is that we should go and see this thing. And that's exactly what they did. 
They went throughout. I don't know how long it took them. We don't get to know. I don't know if it took them most of the night, most of the morning, to find a certain barn in which there was a baby. Maybe there's many babies lying around. I don't know, but one lying in a manger. And that was a sign. When you find him lying in a feed trough, that's your king. That's your Christ. That's your hope. That is who these angels just spoke about. Now, I have been to a number of births where you go up to the window and see the babies in the incubators. You guys know what I'm talking about? The little rolly carts? Um, I'm not good at this because every baby looks like a baby to me. Does that make sense? Like, my wife could be like, oh, it's so cute. Pick out things. I'm like, it's a blob. Either it has hair or it doesn't. And it's making noise. That's what I know. And I just think it's interesting. I don't know what these guys did. I don't know if they were nurturing guys. They were shepherds, right? Can you imagine these shepherds, who, by the way, would smell like shepherds, look like shepherds, comes in. These are the first ones that get to see Mary's baby, who, by the way, had just given birth. And she's like, yeah, take a look. Like, what would they say? It's a baby. But they knew something was different. Because the angels had said, this one's different. He's not here because two people loved each other. He's here because God loves you. He's here because God has a plan. He's here because nothing is going to be the same because of this child. And they, and they come, no gifts, no nothing. They just come in and they're like, hey, I, I think the, um, we were hanging out. And then, and then they sang and they said, we need to come see him. Is that okay? Sure. And they look at him. Yep, there he is. And then they went and told everybody what had happened. I love this connection for a couple of reasons. And when this all happens for shepherds, we're going to connect some dots here in a little bit. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Have you ever gotten good news? I mean, really good news. I mean, just good news. And it's amazing when you get that news, you sit in this moment of, how can this be? How did this happen? Give me the details. And so in this, the angels are saying, look, the details are coming. You just need to know he's here. You just need to know that he is with you. Now, Jesus says something really interesting um, in John uh, chapter uh, 14 and verse 6, that Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes. Our series is Come, Let Us Adore, adore Him. No one comes to the Father except through Him. See, without Jesus coming to those shepherds, 
and say, look, he has come. The one that you have wanted to come, prayed to come, have pleaded with God to come is here. And you shepherds are the first ones that get to see him. Because by him and through him and only with him will you get to see the Father. Jesus makes it clear about himself. I am the way and the truth and life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, Jesus had something to say when it came to this idea of shepherds. I want to show you this. This is John 10, verse 7. Jesus, so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I'm the door. You got to get through me. When Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, all sheep must come through him. He says, I am the door to the sheep. All who came before me were our thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. I am the way. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came to shepherds who were blown away in the middle of the night to say, I'm here. What you have desired and prayed for and hoped for, he's here. Now, here's what's interesting. It's going to take 33 years before anything happens. How long do you think the shepherd's story lasted? I mean, can you imagine... Every year, I believe those shepherds would relive that night. Does that make sense? Every year, they would get with friends. Do you remember that night? We were just hanging out by our flocks by night. Bam! And then the angel told us, we got to go find him. And I said, come on, let's go. And we did. And there he was, this baby. And every year, I wonder if one of them went, guy, he's got to be seven now. Oh, this year he'd be ten Oh, this year he's having his bar mitzvah. Oh, I, you know, where, where is he? By the way, every year they would tell that story. My hope and my prayer is, is that one of those shepherds saw this Jesus coming to the area of Jerusalem and went, could that be him? 33, 30 years later, could that be him? Could that be the one that was lying in that feed trough in Bethlehem? See, it didn't happen instantaneously. It wasn't like Jesus came and the next day he was preaching. Before Jesus comes, his cousin starts preaching out by the river. But he says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I love this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And he says, I came. See, we are going to be moving towards this idea that we should come and adore him. 
But before we can come, he needs to show up. And he did. Through a willing young girl and a willing young man. And God said, I'm going to get them to Bethlehem. And he did. And when the angel shows up, um, hey, shepherds, this will be your sign. He's going to be in a feed trough. And then when Jesus began to preach, he would say this, I am the good shepherd. I'm the door. You only get to the Father through me. Other people will try to tell you, they'll try to come in and say there's other ways. Nope, it's only through me. Because I came. I came. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm just here to tell you as we come into the Christmas season, every one of you has got to come through him. And I know that this is awesome and we get to talk about his birth and we get to talk about those things, but that birth was meant that you understand that it's only through him that you get to have life. Only through him do you get to have hope. Truth is found in him. And he is the way. Our hope for you is that when you come and adore him, that you don't stop with a baby. That you look into the eyes of a child who is a gift from God, but you look into the eyes of the one who came to be the only way that you have hope. He's the only way you have life. And I'm going to say it, As often as I can, your responsibility to the people in your inner circle and the life that you have is come. Don't stop at the baby. Look at him. See that because he came, life has changed. But come to the one who gives you life. All the other things you're trying to do, all the things you're trying to accomplish, it's through him. He's the door. Be one who hears his voice. Come, come with me. Come with me and see my journey. Come with me and see what God has done in my own story. Come and see what God has done. Because I love the fact that when the, when the shepherds left, everyone who heard what they had to say went, wow, they're really, they say this really happened. It's their story. What's your story that you can say, but it all comes to this thing. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and you can't find any other way in except through him. In children's ministry, your biggest fear is called a runner. Do you guys know what a runner is? Do you have a runner? Were you a runner? Um, When I was in children's ministry, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. Um, you corral the kids, right? And you stand there, and then when a parent comes, you grab the kid's head, you pass the kid to the parent, because if you don't grab their head, right, kind of a deal, then you don't, all right, so yeah, you get to go, and you get to go, and you are the door, right? I've been there. 
remember I was doing this and, and, and I knew that someone asked me a question and I turned this way. And I felt, sorry, the brush of my butt. And I turned the wrong way. If I would have turned left, I would have grabbed him. But I turned right. The problem is I was the only one left with all the rest of these kids. So if I take off for that one, does that make sense? It just becomes a herd. And so you're sitting there watching the kid run, praying in your soul that someone will grab said kid because you can't leave this group. Are you with me right now? Here's what I want you to understand. The good shepherd goes, I leave the 99 and I go after the one. The good shepherd is coming after you, even if you're a runner. Even if you think you escaped by. But at the end of the day, you still got to come through him. Please know that he is searching for you, seeking for you, and wants you to know that he is the good shepherd that came to give you life. And with that, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you came. You came. You left heaven. You left majesty to be laid in a feed trough. To have shepherds come and and look at you. To be raised by this young couple. to be the one that would come and be the sacrifice. But as you began to teach, you saw who you were and knew in your heart that you are the good shepherd and that no one gets past you. And if they run the other way, you go look for them. Father, may we be people that will reach out to those around us and say, come, come see the one who came to give us life. Come to the one that came to give us a way. Come to the one who gives us our hope. God, you're a good God. And you made a way where there was no way. And you did it through your son. And I praise you for that. And may we all praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.